One of, the, one of my great heroes of the Christian faith, I have several that uh, I just keep going back to over and over and over again, is John Chrysostom. John, was, John Chrysostom was a early to mid-5th century preacher. He started in Antioch. He ended up, uh, his ministry was so great uh, he ended up going to Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul, to be the, <clears throat> the pastor of a very prominent church in that day. And he, he was known in his era, and not even in his era, but beyond it, uh, he had a famed nickname. He was known as the Golden Mouth, and for good reason. He had one of the most powerful pulpits known in the known world at that day, a pulpit of the gospel, a pulpit of righteousness, a pulpit of truth, and he sounded forth that gospel loud and clear in the midst of all the things that were going on in his day. I have, and th th thankfully, many of his sermons and homilies are still in print today, and I can assure you, practically every single week, somewhere throughout our world, there are pastors and teachers that are faithfully quoting this godly preacher. He was a contemporary of Augustine. They knew one another, and they wrote to one another. And in his commentary and homilies on the Gospel of John, uh, which I have in my library and I cherish them, I have a quote for you that it's the very beginning of the notes here that you have in your worship guide. And I would like for you to draw from that right now because in commenting on John chapter 1, verse 16, which is the, the, the biblical verse that the Apostle John says, from from Christ's fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. That's the, that's the verse, John 1.16. This is what this godly preacher, John Chrysostom, says. I want you, I'm going to read it slowly because I want you to catch what he's saying because it's so real and so true. He says, he, meaning Christ himself, is the very fountain and very root of all good, very life, and very light, and very truth, not retaining within himself the riches of his good things, but overflowing with them unto all others, and after the overflowing, remaining full, in nothing diminished, by supplying others but streaming ever forth and imparting to others a share of these blessings. He, meaning Jesus, remains in sameness of perfection. What I possess is by participation, for I received it from another and is a small portion of the whole, as it were a poor raindrop compared with the untold abyss or the boundless sea. Or rather not even can this instance fully express 
what we attempt to say, for if you take a drop from the sea, you have lessened the sea itself, though the diminution be imperceptible. But of that fountain we cannot say this. How much soever a man draw, it continues undiminished. Wow. Do you hear what he's saying? Jesus is the very fountain of life, the fountain of truth, the fountain of life. From him, there is a never-flowing source of goodness, truth, light, love, all the attributes of God. It doesn't stop. And when we are connected to him, as, for instance, when Jesus says in John 15, 1, I am the vine and you are the branches. When we are connected to him, and from that union and from that connection, draw life, peace, love, joy, all of the attributes that can be given to us from that union with Christ. Not only are we full, but the scriptures speak repeatedly that Jesus never loses anything. He is the eternal fountain of all good. And of this great fullness, Jesus bids us to come to him and to draw from him. And here's what I want us to see this morning as we come to the Lord's table. Jesus wants us to draw from him the fullness of what? My contention is, is through the Holy Spirit's power and wonderful working, he wants us to draw from himself. He wants us to draw from his very being. You see, so oftentimes we do not do this. You know what we want to do so many times? And I'll be the first to stand in line to say I'm the cheapest of sinners in this regard. We want to draw from his blessings. We want to draw from his gifts. We want to draw from the things that he wants to give to us when Jesus is saying, I'll give you all of them, yes. But first and foremost, would you draw from me? Would you draw from me in my person, in my being? Would you draw from me? You see, apparently one of the primary indictments against the church of Ephesus, if you were here last Sunday or if you listened by live stream, one of the primary indictments from this church is that while they held the strong teaching their fervency, their, their connectedness to Jesus as the fountain of all good, that passionate love for Christ that fires the life of a believer was somehow lost in the 30 or 40 years. From the time that the Apostle Paul arrived in Ephesus, most say somewhere around the early to mid-80s, he was there for two years. Acts 19 records that powerful things were done in his two years there. But somehow we find 30, 35, 40 years later, Revelation chapter 2, which was written in 
the early AD 90s, we see that somewhere along the way, that passionate love and fervency was lost. What made their fervor fizzle? What made it dissolve? I think a primary answer lies in failing to draw from what many Bible teachers and theologians over the years have called the present value of Jesus Christ's fullness for a believer's life today. You see, here's what often happens if you have walked with and claim to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've walked with him for a while. Many times people will, will say, if they have walked with Jesus for a while, I am I'm following him, I'm seeking to obey him, but the, that, that fire, that, that passion, that deep connectedness from which we receive all of his attributes through the implementation and application of the Holy Spirit, they, they seem to fizzle some. They seem to dissolve. So much so that a believer's testimony sometimes for those who have walked with the Lord for a long time is something like this. Well, a long time ago, Jesus did these things for me. A long time ago, I... I confessed my sins and I accepted Jesus Christ and he gave me the gift of eternal life. And to all of that, we say, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But here's the question I want to pose to you today. What is Jesus doing for you today? Oh, the room has gotten mighty quiet. What is he doing for you today? Because what he did for you five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ago, he can do for you today exactly the same way. The key is being connected to him and drawing from his fullness. As we come to the table of the Lord this morning, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to give you the opportunity to think about how you should prepare your heart to come and receive this blessed sacrament and dine with Jesus, because Jesus is the host of this table. And he wants you, when you come to dine with him, he wants you and me to draw from his present fullness today. So I don't have <laughs> I, I don't have a pair of spiritual X-ray vision glasses that I can put on and take a look and see what's going on in each of your individual lives. But here's one thing I do know because I'm I'm one of you too. Life has a way of presenting trials and struggles and difficulties and issues. And, and, and just stuff. And when those things happen, when relationships are strained and broken, when, when the weight of life comes upon you, when times of mourning and trial and loss come in your life, it has a way of impacting you. 
And many people, when those times of difficulty, when those times of loss, when those times of grief come, the temptation at least comes to just say, I need to take a time out, step away from everything, including my walk with God and my relationship with Christ, and just focus on myself. What needs to happen is for each of us today, where we are, is to say, Lord Jesus, you are the host of this table. I'm coming to you. You are my first love. And as my first love, because you loved me first before I ever loved you, I need to draw again afresh and anew today from the fullness of your being in my life. And perhaps in your life, you need to think more of, I need to, I need to draw from the fullness of Jesus' redeeming life for my life. For, maybe for some of you, you need to say, I need to draw from the overflowing fullness of Jesus' resurrected life. Or maybe for some of you, I need to draw from the overflowing fullness of Jesus' intercessory life. The fact that, as the writer of the Hebrews says in chapter 7, verse 25, he ever lives right now to make intercession for you. So here's what I have for you in your homily notes this morning in the worship guide. I don't know where you are right now today, but I know one thing. I know God's word will meet you where you are right now. Because the big idea I want us to see this morning is my fire for Jesus remains aglow when I value and draw today. Would you say that word with me? Today. From his overflowing fullness. So you'll notice on your, on your notes there before you, there are three main areas I don't know where you are today. You, perhaps you, you're, you're thinking as you're right now, and I'm asking you to think right now in your inner life, where, where do I need to draw from? Where do I need to draw from Jesus' fullness? Do you need to draw from the fullness of his redeeming life? Or secondly, do you need to draw from the fullness of his resurrected life, his power? Maybe do you need to draw from the overflowing fullness of his intercessory life, the fact that he's interceding for you right now to give you perfect comfort and peace in his promises. Maybe his resurrected life, the fact that he was perfectly in submission to the Father, that he triumphed over the, the devil. I love 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The reason why, John can't get much plainer than this. The reason why the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the devil. You can't get much plainer than that. Or to realize that he is right now, according to Philippians 2, 9 and 10, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, reigning in power and glory and making intercession for you as Hebrews 7 says, or maybe you need to draw from his redeeming life as your Savior, remember that, remembering that as Hebrews chapter 10 says, his once and for all sacrifice 
is made perfect in those who are being sanctified. You want to be more like Christ? Draw from the realization that Jesus died once and for all, completely, finally, for you. And with that perfect sacrifice that cleanses you from daily from your sin. I love 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses, present tense, cleanses. It is cleansing right now, even. Not five, ten years ago, although it did, but it is currently right now cleansing you and me from all of our sin. That's the present value of the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his perfect salvation that has freed you from your sin, is freeing you now from your sin, and will deliver you from your sin. It's the present value of what Christ has done in his perfect obedience and suffering that if you are connected to him, you will receive his fullness. So here's what we're going to do for the next three minutes. I'm going to give you an opportunity with your Bible open to pick one or two passages of Scripture that you are saying to yourself, I need this fullness of Christ to be present in my life in greater ways today. I want to draw today from the present value of this part of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to give you two minutes right now to just look at a couple passages of Scripture and prepare your heart and to ask for this refreshing fullness. And then we'll, we will prepare to come to the Lord's table. Take now a few moments to just do that.
Let's now prepare our hearts to receive this blessed sacrament given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow in prayer and continue that spirit of preparation. Lord Jesus, you are the divine host of this blessed meal. Hear our prayers as we seek to draw from the present value of your life, suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension, and promise of return to our hearts today. Whatever aspect of your fullness we need to draw from today, O God, may the fire of that fullness come and fill us to overflowing again with fervency to love you, to love others here, and to be the salt and light witness to this world. We ask in your blessed name, Lord Jesus, amen.